0: Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Can I tell you guys I love you? I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I will ride with this group until they don't want us play anymore f- Are you still riding with this group? Anyone? Uh, I'm in anyone.
2: The, uh, I'm in the right-hand lane. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at every exit that comes off, you know, with like rest stops on the side and restaurants. I'm considering exiting, but right now I'm yeah. But you're right still, now I'm still you're still on the, on the road.
0: road, on the freeway with I'm this still team. On,
2: yes, yes, but I'm definitely going fifty-two. I'm slowing down. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh, so, so you're you're, you're, you're Kirk the Cousins in uh, Net the Netflix going fifty-four after the playoff loss. <laughs> Amen. Yes, sir. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm uh I think I'm actually in the middle lane. I can't decide. If I want to go in the left lane, which I usually like to be, uh, regardless of riding with the group or not, I'm a left lane driver. So get out of my way. All right, uh, now I have I have shifted myself to the right, uh, to the middle lane, just to let the little bit of the fast traffic go by. Yeah, the homers. Kind of play, kind of kind of play how I want to go here over the next couple miles. What do I want to do, like Jud? Do I want to go in the rest stop, or am I going to get in that left lane and, and no, all gas, no brakes? I will
0: say I am more in the left lane because once again, if like, if my take after the first week, and we will get to our hottest Vikings takes, we'll get to a pie chart. We are live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel here. The morning after Vikings games, we are live at 9 o'clock a.m. Central time here. Uh, we, we sleep on it and we come back with hot takes. But I still like if my take after the first game was, hey, they outgained the bleep. Look at the gap in yards per play gained versus yards per play allowed. That, a similar gap, existed last night in this game and early on brian flores defense was excellent so you could you can still make a very strong case that if you just stop turning the ball over on average once per quarter that there is something here but they're owing and two so we'll get into hottest vikings takes presented by our friends at tcl which has award-winning tvs for any budget i was watching that debacle on a tcl tv last night it's great tv Uh, ugly football game for the vikings TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. And a shout-out to our friends at Surly Brewing Company here, Judd. They help power our Friday live streams. We usually do a feedback Friday. We're going to do a feedback episode for Saturday. But Surly's Before I Die that tagline is hanging by a thread after an 0-2 start here, by the way.
2: It's still there, though. You know what? You got you got to keep it up, and here's how. You go out today, and you stock up for, let's say, the Gopher game. You stock up on, Surly, perhaps, a Furious, but more importantly, before I die. You know what? Before I die, I could just stand for any one of our men's sports teams. Damn it, at this point, I'm willing to take whoever I get. Timberwolves. Uh, wild twins, Vikings, but uh, yeah, I, I I did see a, a couple people tweeted me there, uh, or more than a couple tweeted us bef- uh, the before I die cans before kickoff last night. Always appreciate that, and always know that you have faith that even when the Vikings lose, you win if you are drinking surly.
0: Correct. Okay. Okay. I want to start us off here. Ooh, okay. With our yeah. hottest. Yeah. D- 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 no d-
1: breakfast ball. Just
0: the first breakfast one on ball? the tea? Hot first cake? one on the tee? Like oh yeah, no, this is not a breakfast ball. This yep. is oh. my tee shot right
1: here.
0: Breakfast balls are fraudulent. It's, it's, it doesn't your run. Your run doesn't count if you if you hit a ball out of bounds on your first drive. What's like the in point you, of a breakfast ball? It's because you maybe you haven't warmed up properly. Oh. Maybe you're coming in hot from the parking lot. And so if you duff your first tee shot, it's a breakfast ball. Make no mind. mistake. What I'm about to say will not be a breakfast ball. This is a tee right. shot. But I do want to make two things clear before I give you my hottest take after sleeping on that game last night. Okay number one, last night's loss was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Okay? I just want, I know there's some overly sensitive Cousins Crusaders that get a little bit up in a tizzy. Um, He played quite well. Statistically, it was one of his best games, maybe of his career, considering the rotating offensive line, the Eagles defensive front, uh, a bunch of turnovers that put you in a hole. Kirk, and they knew you were going to pass the entire second half, and he took a beating and kept coming back, so He remains a top 10 to 12 quarterback. He played his ass off last night. That is the first thing I want to just make clear. The second thing I want to make clear is I think I'm actually probably higher on this team than you guys are, even after that loss last night. Definitely than me. This team is a lot better than their 0 two record suggests. They're moving the ball. The defense has looked great for certain stretches. There's some holes that might not be fixable there, too. They're probably going to stop turning the ball over. So I am. Like if this team just continued forward as is, which they probably will for a while, they're going to win games. So those are two things I want to make clear. But my hottest Vikings take this morning is the Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins to the New York Jets. Oh, he did it. I'm gonna go there.
1: Oh, I had it written down. Was that your hot take? It was it 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 was uh in the first in the first batch of the preheating in the oven around halftime last night, that was one of the first few options that came off. it uh, came out of the oven, but then I, I put it back in. It wasn't ready yet. It wasn't okay. ready yet. So you're it's ready. It's
0: there. ready in my kitchen.
1: Okay, you like that? it's
0: ready. I would like to hear you don't more. Like that? Okay, so uh, elaborate. Because on VentLine last night, a couple people kind of we saw people floating it on Twitter, and I think a couple people brought it up on VentLine, which you can find if you have an on-demand podcast feeds. Purple Daily YouTube channel. Um, but sleeping on it and then waking up, I wanted to hear what the national reaction is. The best part is when your team plays a standalone Thursday or Monday game, the next morning, it's the only thing that everyone's talking about. So I was super curious this morning, what are the national people talking about? Get up on ESPN with a five-person panel led by Mike Greenberg, noted Jets fan, devoted almost the entire show to asking this question. They had Mike Tannenbaum in, who was the GM that acquired Brett Favre you know, 15 years ago. So let's face the current reality here. The Vikings are 0-2, and according to StatHead, only 9% of teams starting 0-2 since the merger in 1970, 9% make the playoffs. Only 14% of 0-2 teams have finished the season with a winning record. Now, there is an extra game compared to some of the previous data here, so it is a little bit easier to make a recovery. But over the next five weeks, they're 0-2. And over the next five weeks, the Vikings face Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and the San Francisco 49ers. There's a really good chance that at best they're going to be 2-5, and five, maybe 3-4 and four after the first seven games. The second thing I think we should face here is this is a really good time to be bad if you're looking for a franchise quarterback. It's a loaded draft class. There might be five or six first-round worthy quarterbacks in the 2024 draft. And Kirk Cousins, if he remains your quarterback for the rest of the year, the rest of his contract season, is a good enough quarterback to where you're going to win games. Like I feel like with him as your quarterback and Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, at worst, you're probably a seven-win team. You'll bounce back and find seven wins on the schedule. But if you were to say, okay, let's lean into this. We're 0-2. We don't think we're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But if we were to trade Kirk Cousins and start Nick Mullins and or Jaron Hall for the remaining 15 games... That's how you get to six or fewer wins. That's how you get a really high draft pick and acquire building blocks for the future, be it a franchise quarterback or, I don't know, like a freak interior defensive lineman. Also, Cousins is a free agent, and he's the third oldest quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be 36 years old. He's already immobile. He's still, I think, at the peak of his game right now. But, like, how long are you going to keep going down the road with an expensive aging quarterback, That's really good, but doesn't change your franchise. He's not going to elevate above a bad interior offensive line. So why not get something of value for him? It's a bad start. It is what it is. He's a free agent at the end of the year. There's a desperate team in the AFC with a Super Bowl ready defense. They got a bunch of great weapons on offense. Why would you let him walk in a year in which you're it's a long shot for you to do anything in the playoffs, right? The way you've started. He's going to walk for nothing. And on the Jets front, one more thing on this, I'll shut up and let you guys talk. Cousins is only owed $10 million by whoever would acquire him this year. You can find a way, and that's, by the way, prorated as every game goes by. So now it's like, what, $9 million? You can find a way to make that work from a cap perspective. So the thing that's a little bit confusing is the Jets have a conditional first or second thing out there with the Packers. It's going to be a second, but I don't think they can trade their first round pick in 2024 until that Packers trade is settled. But they do have a third. They have force. They've got a first round pick in 2025. Could it be a third this year and a first in 2025? And now you have a chip to leverage in a trade in the 2024 draft. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that Kirk would waive his no trade clause for this, but you could start to create that conversation, apply pressure and start to move into your next era of Vikings football and lean into the Owen 2 start. I would make that phone call. That's my hottest take. I love that. So, and, and if you could make
2: this all work, I would actually explore it for sure. Like, but my thing has been, I think you're right. I think ultimately Kirk would say no. And because I I mean, what about Kirk and his personality, especially after the Netflix docuseries, what about that opened a window to, oh, this guy's way more spontaneous than I thought, like in life, like, yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's going to say yes to a trade. But yes, if you could do this, if you could make this work, now Kirk would have to go to a a different team and learn an entire new scheme, which he would then have to run in season. And I know Bradford did something similar when he got traded from Favre kind of did too, by the way. Philly to here, Favre went to the that Jets. was late that was late August that he got to the Jets. Yeah, he did. But I mean, this is in season, so I think from the Kirk perspective, there's a lot of things working against this. But if you're the Vikings. My inclination is the Vikings wouldn't do this. And I think that from the Viking standpoint of saying that they wouldn't do this for all of the reasons that you laid out, I think that's a mistake. And if Quazi is, and I mean, man, right now, and, you know, I don't blame folks on Ventline last night who were lashing out at Quazi, But, you know, if you look at what Quazi claims to be, right, you know, stock guy, stock market guy, looks at probabilities and blah, blah, blah. If you look at all of that, this conversation
0: actually should fit into, dare I say it, that portfolio, right? Yeah, like, like what's what's the what are the odds? What's the likelihood? What's the yes. like Again, as I said at the top of the show, I think Kirk's been largely excellent the first two games. And I think the Vikings are the best 0 2 football team. Whoever else is 0-2 at the end of the second week here, the Vikings are the best 0 two team in the NFL. But despite that, it's a whole and you've got all these questions on your roster starting with quarterback beyond this season. It's like, if you've what are decided- the odds that you're going to dig back and go and, like, win the Super Bowl at this point?
2: If the Vikings have decided internally that they are not going to re-sign Kirk, then I, then I think you need to at least, if we continue down this road, I think you at least need to go to Kirk's people and say, would you? If you decided. Yep. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, if the Vikings, like, that's the thing is we don't even know. We don't have any idea if they're going to, because they didn't sign him in March, I think we can come to a conclusion that the Vikings are interested in moving on from Kirk after 2023. But we don't know what the internal plan is. But if the internal plan is we are going to try to draft a quarterback or develop one and get a kid on a rookie contract, then I think everything from the Vikings standpoint screams, you should
1: explore it. Uh, by the way, this was get up this morning on the Kirk Cousins trade idea with the whole Do We think with Kirk Cousins we become a Super Bowl contender again.
0: Is it not worth the first-round draft pick that's probably going to be in the twenties if Kirk Cousin cut comes and plays at a high level? I'll say this: that would get Minnesota's attention, right? Because they because <laughs> they're strolling for they're strolling for a Trojan. Now all of a sudden so that means they to... that means their season's over. With they have two first-round draft picks to try and get Caleb Williams. So I this is a long way pick.
2: off, by the way. I mean, the Vikings could be fine. Like they won thirteen going games last year. They're not screw you know, that not,
0: first. Not. You weren't going to get it if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. You weren't going to get it anyway. I'm all in. Let's do it. Put it Let's into the middle of the table. happen. Can about make the phone calls? Give up whatever it takes. Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Who says no? As we continue and just... I mean, all in. They are all in on this idea. It's, it's, de- it's very desperate. It's very oh, Greeny, desperate. But... Greenie is so desperate.
2: Oh, that's great. He's so mm. desperate. I mean, th- think about the excitement, man. Monday night, Greenie sits on, on his couch with Damian Woody and his pals, and they're about to watch his Jets. And what, four plays in? Three official plays in? Yeah, well, he and, is dude, and,
0: and it's kind—it's a little bit similar to when Bridgewater went down. Not that the, the, the like second year Bridgewater or third year Bridgewater is Aaron Rodgers, right? And the Vikings said, "My God, what do we do? We have a ready-made roster." It happened the week before the season, as opposed to in the first game, and they said, right. uh, "Who's out there? Who can we trade for?" Uh, First-round pick to the Eagles for Sam Bradford, and it, it helped the Vikings stay competitive. And they actually started—was it five and zero that season? Mm-hmm. And then the wheels kind of came off down the stretch. So yeah. teams teams do get desperate if they think the that the car is ready to be driven. I think what's going to be telling is if the Jets, because the Jets play at the Cowboys, it's a it's a great immediate, it's probably the hardest test you can have defensively if you are Zach Wilson. Yeah. If they get smoked in this game, it, but maybe the defense shows out and it's just Zach Wilson's overwhelmed by the NFL still. <laughs> Then what are the conversations internally in New York, or do they go for a Tannehill or somebody? I mean, it's it's reckless, Ooh, but yeah, these I, these are conversations that that do happen for desperate teams that have good rosters.
1: So uh, a good opening tee shot from Mackey. I can uh, I can get the good second shot here. I, I don't think I'll duff it like my normal golf game. I can think I I think I can pop this on the green. Was what I'm trying to say. In a, in a okay. very rare instance uh, with this hot take. So my hot take, Kirk Cousins related, is the following. This 0 2 start for the 2023 Vikings is the best thing to happen to Kirk Cousins. Okay. Let me explain why. So, Kirk isn't playing bad. He's actually playing statistically the best of his career. If you're just looking at just the statistics, his passer rating's at an all time high, his is at an all time high. He leads the league in touchdowns. He leads the league in completions. Well, wow. he's the only he is, quarterback
0: to play two games, which is part of the reason why he leads those. But he is having hey, great rate statistics. Hey,
1: yeah. it's he's still, still leading the league in those. Um, and QB wins are a flawed statistic, but they are reflective of your team. And at zero two, Kirk has a chance to make up for those two wins here, right? Like the, the Vikings backs are against the wall. They have the Chargers here on, on with extra days of rest. They have to go to Carolina, not a gimme, but also not a push. Uh, a team you could possibly beat as well. Uh, He has two stud-wide receivers. He has a great tight end and a head coach to embrace him. However, the football gods, his starting running back, and his offensive line are all working against him. And if things aren't looking up to snuff here in about a month or six weeks when the trade deadline does come on Halloween, does Kirk Cousins look around and say, you know what? I don't want to be here. The Jets are in good position. They have a chance to make a run. Let's go to the Meadowlands, in the words of Creed, with arms wide open, and let's go make a Super Bowl run there. This 0-2 start, in my opinion, just from a Kirk perspective, is just fine. It's the best thing that possibly happened for him. He either is going to rebound and take this team out of the hole that they have dug themselves in, or he is going to say, you know what, I want out of here. The Vikings win from a trade perspective. Kirk wins from another individual perspective. I think this 0 and two star is actually the best thing to happen to Kirk Cousins.
0: And even like in free agency, if he continues to put up bonkers numbers, three hundred plus yards a game, his QBR is sixty eight, which is career high. I think it's close. Um, you know, there's going to be some suitors in free agency that want to pay oh, him God, yeah. a lot of money. There will there will be a bidding war if you get this version of of Kirk Cousins. Judd, anything bad. else to add on the Cousins front here yeah, before we...
2: it's too bad it's the Jets, because I feel like there might be some teams where Cousins... Because my, my sticking point here is actually Cousins. Like, I do think that the Vikings, if they continue down th- this path, and my God, these first two games have been so weird, but if they continue down this path, I do think it's incumbent, especially upon a guy who is a who is a risk-taker and quasi to make these calls. It's too bad it's the Jets, because I just don't see him going... Out east i just don't if this was like a different team if this was a west coast team perhaps or a midwest team for sure i think you could probably get this get him to accept it but the netflix documentary to me just solidified even more what i thought of kirk personally in some ways and you know you go to the jets man and you replace rogers right now and your name is kirk cousins You are square in the middle of a situation. I think some guys would absolutely love, but there's a lot of guys like Kirk who I think would be like this. This ain't what I signed up for.
0: Yeah, and it's and it realistically, both teams need to see more games play out here because, like Graziano said in that clip, the Vikings aren't internally. The Vikings are saying the opposite here. They're saying, God, if we just stop dropping the ball, we can roll off a bunch of wins here. That's what O'Connell said last night. You're right. But if they, if but let's say let's say they stop moving the ball for a game again, like they've got no margin now. If they just like have a weird clunker offensively that's right. uncharacteristic and they lose right. at home to the Chargers, here's
2: oh, so before I give my my hot take, here's my impression though. The more I thought about last night's game and really the first two games, but last night especially. Okay, yes, if they stop dropping the damn football seven times in two games, lost, um, it's going to help them. But I also wonder if they are aware of or thinking about the fact that there have now been things, especially last night, you guys put on film, that I don't know how you recover from them. Like, how are you going to – that run defense got absolutely done. And, yes, they can improve how much. The other thing is Kwesi's failure to improve the interior of an offensive line that has now lost its starting center – Again, how quickly like how much can you boost that? So yes, the turnovers are the problem. Like that that is the immediate problem. But there's things now on film where I wonder, and, and Phil, to your point, when you're playing the Chiefs or San Francisco, I mean, can you imagine what San Francisco's run game could do oh, to this my team? God. It's so, so like it's bad. So, yeah. so are you thinking internally, and I think that they are, oh, you know what? If we clean this thing up, we're going to be okay. Because I watched that last night and I thought, yeah, okay, don't fumble, and you could have won that game. But nonetheless, Philadelphia exposed things where I just got to a point of like, I don't know how much you can
0: fix these things. I think what's kind of crazy to think about now is because you're owing to if if you plan to be above 500 after the seventh game, then you have to beat either Kansas City or San Francisco. Yeah, because if you because there's You've got the Chargers, Panthers, and I think the Bears are the other team, or is it Packers? I can't remember the order of those games. You could win those three, but then you've got those games against Patrick Mahomes and you've got that game against the forty ers And so if you lose both of those games, that's your fourth loss. So so do you see this team I'm with you on that front. Even if they stop fumbling, is San Francisco are you gonna stop their run game? If it's it's um And I'd love to know how. Yeah. There's a lot to digest here. Okay. All right. Judd, what is your hottest Vikings take? My hottest of, of
2: Vikings take also includes a trade. And the Kirk Cousins stuff is fun, and I agree that there is a that there's definitely a discussion to be had about it. But here's my take. The Vikings should trade Daniel Hunter.
0: Oh. oh. Whoa. Reckless speculation. Whoa. Oh my. Oh the Vikings
2: my! Vikings should trade Daniil Hunter now. Wow, wow! Now let me be clear: he is on a he is on a one year, seventeen million dollar um, guaranteed, potential three million dollars more, of bonuses contract. But he's on a one year contract. The Vikings have agreed that they will not franchise him. He also, like Kirk, has a no trade clause in said contract. However, unlike Kirk, I think if you go to Daniil and say, dude, this ain't working out right now for us. And it's not really working out for you because, you, dude, you got four sacks in two games, and we're 0-2. You want to go to the Jaguars? Exactly. So so here, here's why I think Daniil Hunter actually makes more sense as a trade ship. If you are willing to go down this, this path, please explore the space because you can make this is- a case. Oh, the Vikings oh, aren't going to do that. Speculation. Okay. Here's why I want to explore this space. One, Daniil Hunter, unlike Kirk, signed a second contract that was awful. He's been trying to redo it and get and, and has gotten different bites at the Apple from the Vikings since then. But you know the one thing he's never gotten? Any security. They keep like, okay, here's 10 bucks here, here's 20 bucks here, but he never gets that. Let's just sit down and do a four year contract. He is gonna turn, if I'm not mistaken, twenty nine in October. His opportunity is really to get one more potentially from the right team big contract. He also, unlike Kirk, if he goes to, let's say, Jacksonville, if he goes to Jacksonville, he doesn't have to learn a new system. D'Neal's job is see quarterback. Yeah, get QB. He has to be familiarized with their defense. But we're not talking a ton of signals. We're not talking as Perk likes to say code words. We're talking about a fairly seamless transition for a guy who, so far, and and you know, he missed all of 2020. He missed, uh, I think, all but like I think he played in about six games in 21. But he came back, and despite the fact that there was a I think incorrect perception that he didn't ha- that he did not have a good 2022, he led the team ten and a half sacks and actually played pretty damn well. He wasn't used well. Well, he's being used right now. No surprise. One sack on Sunday against Tampa. Three sacks last night. Yeah. Um, there is nothing about him that screams cooked. But with all the contracts the Vikings have upcoming uncertainty, Justin Jefferson's contract, Hawkinson just got, got paid, Derishaw is going to become eligible for a contract extension next spring. Derrishaw, you mean? Derrishaw, Yeah. <laughs> We, we can talk about that, too, at some point. But and anyway, um, with all of those things going on, I don't think the Vikings are going to put a priority on, on giving Daniil what he is going to want. I think if you go to him and say, dude, we can trade you, and let's say Jacksonville's like, oh, hell yeah, and let's talk to his agent, and let's do a contract right now. Let's do a four-year, five-year contract right now. Wow. Let's get this done. Daniil Hunter as a trade chip to a team that needs him? Because we're not talking a June trade here. We're not talking a March trade, boys. We're talking an in-season trade. And there's a little going, bit more
0: leverage there. If like, oh, man, we think we're like one piece. We're a Von Miller away, right? You're when driving the Super price. Yeah.
2: You're driving the price. I think a conversation about the Vikings should trade Daniil Hunter might be the most realistic conversation to get you the type of compensation that you want. So, Von
1: Miller is probably the right one here so going back to 2021 so before that season started von miller uh the broncos exercised the final year of his contract uh, which guaranteed him seven million of his base salary of 17.5 in 2021 so he was making 17.5 million in 2021 he gets traded at the deadline that season for a second and third round pick to the rams goes on and wins a Super Bowl, then actually gets a bag from Buffalo in the following offseason. Yeah. But that's like the parallels there, right there between Von Miller, Daniil Hunter, a little different. I think Von Miller was a good soldier. He was he loved Denver. He was their longest tenured player. But the money and the price tag and the situation I think are very comparable here between Daniel and Von Miller.
0: The Jaguars, by the way, guy, we're 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 really early on these trade conversations, <laughs> but that's what we do here sometimes. We look ahead we start uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable conversations earlier yeah. than is necessary when it comes to this football team. <laughs> and the Jaguars I believe have their full allotment of picks in this draft. They've got a first, second, third, fourth, so, you know, let's say let's let, let's just let's play it out a couple weeks. Let's say the Vikings are 1 and 3. Let's say they're 2 and 5, you know, whatever. Maybe they're 3 and 4, but it doesn't doesn't feel like they're going anywhere. Would you take a second and a third for De'Niel Hunter?
1: I, I think would. I would.
0: Yeah, because he's not I, coming back.
1: I, th- yeah. I think I would. Yeah. Wow,
2: this is. <gasps> and I think he'd agree to it. See that—that's that's my a speculation. I think he would say yes. It makes a ton of sense. It's a totally different conversation than Kirk. He's a different person than Kirk. Yeah. I think Deniel would say yes. And imagine Deniel Hunter going to the right team as a final piece guy. Like, there'd be no doubt he would show up, pin his yeah. ears back, and hit quarterbacks. Yeah,
0: and of course, I know there's a lot there's a lot of people that have not given up on this season yet, and I feel like in an alternate universe, I could have come on here and argued the exact same thing I did after the Buccaneers loss, which is, boy, they had, a, they had one more yard per play than the Eagles did, and over the course of time, if you are out gaining yards per play your opponent, it's going to even out and you're going to win football games. I could play that game all day here but it doesn't negate the fact that they're 0-2 and, and they've got some high-profile, effective free agents and they're all kind of teetering on the age curve and you got to figure out, man, you can't, you can't just keep letting assets age out and get nothing for them. Look at how that's already happened a million times with Thielen and Kendricks. They've got nothing for any of the... Harrison Smith, they wind up committing to him and I'm fine with that. They're trying to win games. But if, if you at some point, you have to take an honest look at, are we really going to make a run? Are we are even if we're just unlucky, are we are we really going to make a run? And if the answer is no, then you should be loading up for the 2024 draft. Yes. And again, you have to also look at
2: beyond the mistakes that can be cleaned up. I think what you need to look at is the deficiencies that possibly can't be like that interior of that offensive line is scary to watch right now. And and again, okay, are you going to go sign Dalton Reisner, and does he fix the, the entire thing? I don't know that. Mm. Your, your center has a bad back, and he's your starting center. Yeah. And Schlotman, you know, Schlotman, we certainly saw the struggles last night there. Um, there's just a lot of things. There's a lot of things beyond the we're 0-2 but could be 2-0 that concern me. And that's where I think you, you have to look honestly in some ways, harshly. And this is where we learn about Quazy, too. And I I know that there are a lot of people, including us, who are fairly down on him right now. But this is where we learn about how are you different. like, And, and are you now going to practice what you preach? Are you going to practice what you preach? When you sat there and had those difficult conversations in those Manhattan high-rises about the stock market, and you're like, this is how I do things because if you're just now going to sit back and be like oh yeah we could be 2 and 0 and i'm just going to you know oh we're fine let's hope
0: yeah hope is yeah. Not, a hope not a strategy especially
2: especially not when you were hired because you had a strategy that was i mean Quasi's ace card here is supposed to be he's different yeah he's not I, your normal football guy
0: yep it's been a lot of sort of wait and see and at some point <clears throat> excuse me his hand might be forced. so those are our hottest vikings takes wow we just yeah. traded <laughs> Just traded Kirk Cousins and Neil Hunter after two games. Need some ice. Still but they're, they're, the ice. They're called hottest Vikings takes for a reason here, okay? They aren't lukewarm takes. They're not sort of tepid takes. They're the hottest Vikings takes the day after a game. I have a pie chart of blame for you guys, and then we will go over silver linings here on this live stream uh, the day after the Vikings fall to 0-2. And if you're hanging out with us here on this Friday morning, thank you. We are here as Vikings certified Vikings therapists for you please click the subscribe button and the like button. Uh, also on the podcast feeds, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple podcasts and Spotify, it helps continue to grow this awesome community and it helps, it helps us chart higher too, which is good for just advertising cred and everything as we build this thing. So um, Judd, let's shout out our friends at ugly deck here. Absolutely. Okay. The Vikings, the, the Vikings, if they were a deck, they may, may need to call ugly deck. Yeah, that, that's the Vikings,
2: which you saw at first, last night. And that is that is where they want to, to be. And here is a new offer from our friends at Ugly Deck right now. They're offering a Reserve My Deck Package Now special uh, for, for the DIYer who wants to build a deck in the spring and save huge cash. That's right. For a limited time, uh, customers who reserve their deck package now. UglyDeck.com is offering up to $1,000 off a full deck package, plus locked-in 2023 pricing. UglyDeck.com will then deliver your deck package to your driveway by May 1st, and you will be the smartest DIYer on the block, and you can save as much as, get this, $10,000. $10,000. Ten, Ten dollars and, yeah, $10, and remember, you also get free plans, a free coach, access to their online Deck Build Academy, and they will install uh, your... Footings and Ledger, you do the rest and save. So go to UglyDeck.com today. Click on the Reserve My Deck Package Now button. Ugly Deck next spring. Imagine
0: getting that new deck build and saving $10,000. Mm, $10,000. Hey, uh, I feel like we spent about $10,000 on those chicken nachos at 3Jack the other day for our little company gathering. Oh,
1: my, oh my God. My God. Yeah, they just kept they kept bringing more and more and more, and you know, a, a couple of the co-workers like, you know, are, are they really that good? Yes. Chris uh, Chris Canty says nachos, you know, either there's a high, there, there, there's no mid-tier, there's no Kirk Cousin tier of nachos. Uh-huh. And he is correct, because these are the Pat Mahomes of nachos, all right? They're great options for food. There's great options for Golf Simulator Bay. Hell, you have NFL Sunday coming up. The Vikings are off. Go to 3Jack. They have specials just for game day uh, specials as well. Go to 3Jack.com. Stay up to date on all those great menu options they have. Go support 3Jack. Get your swings in and get a great lunch in at 3Jack in the North Loop in Minneapolis.
0: So we, we generally don't, not generally, we don't feed Miyamaki people food because we just don't want to open that. She's still young enough. We don't want to open that uh, can of worms, so to speak. But we don't need to because, as you see on the YouTube channel, she is this, literally this happy, big, goofy smile jumping up and down for the same meal every single day. And it's Nutrisource chicken and rice. She loves Nutrisource. Stella, the same exact way. In fact, I got up t-
2: today and I started to talk to Stells about my trade ideas, <laughs> Daniil Hunter, Kirk Cousins. And you know what that little girl said? She said, Pop, Pop, shut the heck up and get me my Nutrisource because that's what I want. Her hottest take is this. Nutrisource is the best pet food in town. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes Vinny, uh, Vinny gets a little excited. He likes to say, hey, uh, Dad, paint me like one of your French girls and go get one of those uh, Nutrisource treat bags. And I say, okay, son, whatever you want, whatever you need, uh, your I need you to is my command. Go get uh, your dog some Nutrisource treats.
0: Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer somewhere near you. We thank all of them for helping power Purple Daily on a daily basis.
1: Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from six to to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com/purpledaily50 and use code Purple Daily 50. To get 50% off, that's code purple daily fifty at factormeals.com slash purple daily fifty. To get fifty percent off, go check out factor meals.
0: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, are you guys ready for a pie chart? The Rock
2: knows how you feel oh, yeah. about pie. Of
0: blame. Let's hear it. You know, I only cut up four slices here. All right, I feel like there's a lot. You could do like a slice for every fumble if you wanted to. Because I think some of the different fumbles meant different things throughout the game. But I'm going to give you four slices of pie. And I'll start with the fumbles. I'm going 20% to the fumbles. I think you could actually make a really strong case that it was more like 60 to 80% for the fumbles. But I want to I want to give out healthy chunks for some of the other things. The Jefferson fumble, I thought about giving. We don't give Jefferson slices of pie chart of blame very often around here. That was a game-changing fumble. Yes. And he owned it. Right away, going to the sidelines, said it'll never happen again. And other than that, he was absolutely incredible. So he, yesterday, for his career, he passed every single Bears wide receiver for their Bears career in career receiving yards. The Bears have been around for over 100 years. And Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards than any Bears receiver in Bears history already. So it's hard to, like, single him out too much because he's so good. Yeah, but you're right. But, man, if he doesn't drop that ball over the pylon, it's late second quarter. Vikings would have inexplicably, after, what, three turnovers? Well, two to that point, would have had a 14-10 to lead maybe going into halftime. Maybe the Eagles still go kick that field goal. But the Vikings would have been leading at halftime after that first half. And instead, the air comes out of the balloon the defense gives up a couple big runs, and then the Eagles kick a sixty-one-yard field goal or whatever it was, because every kicker against the Vikings makes sixty-yard field goals with their eyes closed. So it just it it took you from feel good, leading at halftime, getting the ball back, maybe you come down score again to. <sighs> mm-hmm. So that was the biggest fumble of the game for my money. Uh, but the four the four turnovers are all together in one chunk of pie, twenty percent.
1: Did you see the uh, Kirk Cousins clip at the podium saying Kirk was basically blaming himself for not putting that ball in a better spot for Justin too? Did you guys see that clip going around in game? I didn't see too.
0: him say that. I saw a couple other people like in the football world say in the moment that if he were to have put that ball in a better spot, and of course, like you are blaming Kirk, blame, blame Kirk, blame Kirk. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kirk was magnificent, but I suppose like if he puts that ball in a better spot, maybe it's a different play oh yeah. the rock knows how you yeah, feel yeah i'm pie. not gonna yeah no justin that's okay, yeah, yeah don't don't drop yeah, the ball in, yeah. So, yeah
2: and and I, by the way too, Kirkle, you don't need to, to take blame for that one like that's a cat that that's bordering on carl anthony towns i like that he's kind of taking
0: blame for it i mean just like from a leadership perspective you know what let justin stew in that one okay i think he is uh The next slice of pie, 20% to the football gods who have been keeping track of receipts from last season. (laughs) (laughs) Last season, the Vikings caught every single break. I mean, there are some things, obviously, like things, but in terms of the weight of things going your way compared to not going your way, I think the Vikings led the NFL in football gods blessing them, right? A 33-0 comeback. And the Vikings had to make that happen. But a lot of teams have tried to make big comebacks happen. You just, like, crazy things have to go your way. Josh Allen fumbling on a kneel down in the shadow of his end zone. Like, all these different things, right? A 60-yard field goal against the Giants. Uh, Sometimes the lack of turnovers. Different chunks of the season. And this season, they're catching no breaks. Uh, They're 0-2 in one-score games, although that was kind of a backdoor one-score game last night. After being eleven and zero last season, so this is this is kind of what happens when regression hits hard, and the football gods decide, you know what, you are going to have butterfingers this season, and you are going to be the team that can't come back in the fourth quarter. It's just, you know, maybe they're maybe they're good enough at their base level to overcome some of the um, you know the lack of football luck, and we'll find out in a week against the Chargers. But the football gods are not smiling on the Vikings anymore. So twenty percent.
2: Boy, yeah, I, it's it's hard to debate that because, you know, that Buffalo game, the Vikings had no business win, winning that game a few times, and things broke f- uh, for them. And yep. it's funny, though, too, because, like, this is proving, and it's more, I think, the national pundits than the local, but this is proving all of those national pundits who said, that the that you know, 13 wins is nice, 11 one-score games, though, that's a fluke. Like everything about that, and and I debated that because you still won thirteen games. Like it wasn't all a fluke, uh, but we are definitely seeing the flip side now, which is uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, like you weren't going to get two years of, of this. I think what's more maddening though is it's not just the football gods because I think that if the football gods, you know, gave you some challenges in these first two games, if you hadn't also screwed up. You could have won both of them. I I think that's the frustrating thing is like you can't you can't say to the football gods, okay, you know what? It's not our our year. You got to fight that. And what's frustrating is in some ways they're like going along with it now as as much as they defied it a year ago.
0: So that's why I'm kind of putting I've got 20 percent to the fumbles and 20 percent to the football gods. So call it 40 percent of a bad luck, but also hold on to the ball. Better stew. (laughs) It's like 40% of sort of that. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right. Third slice of pie, 25% to the Vikings interior defensive trenches. So you got Harrison Phillips and he's a good player, but he had an inexplicable offsides jump on a play in which the Eagles were looking to run a clock down to zero. It's just like everyone watching on TV the announcers, everyone knew they're just going to try to get you to jump here. Yep. Calm down. It wasn't even like a fourth and one where you're anticipating the sneak. It was it was like a longer third down or something, if I'm not mistaken. Like third and five or third and three. They were and basically
2: going to end the quarter or get you to jump. And I, I think that's the worst jump we've seen from a Vikings defensive uh, lineman since I think it was two thousand seventeen in the second game. Was it Brian Robinson at Pittsburgh yeah. on fourth down? Who and it's like, dude, and you're a veteran too, and so is uh so is Harrison Phillips. But those, I mean, that just can't happen.
0: And in a league where you've got, I mean, think about the dudes you have up and down in the NFL. Chris Jones, who's been holding out. You got Aaron Donald. You got, you know, Jalen Carter last night for the yep. Eagles. The Vikings on the interior have Harrison Phillips, who's who's fine. He's a good player, but he's not. He's not like a get after your quarterback and wreak havoc for three hours type of a guy that you have to watch film on the whole week, or he's going to terrorize you. And then a bunch of random guys that are kind of around him. You know, Dean Lowry's a veteran player, but in Kyrus Tonga, he's getting some limited snaps, but they, they just kind of have a bunch of random guys up front. And that's part of the reason why the Eagles rushed for 270 yes. yards on 48 carries, including a drive that went 16 plays, 13 runs right through your soul. It's embarrassing. Yeah, and every one of them got like at least five yards. At one point, dude, they had 200 yards on the ground. And the longest carry was, like, 18 yards.
1: 18 yards, yeah. DeAndre Swift ripped off that, like, 53 towards the end that put the nail in the coffin. Before that, 200-plus yards, and just the longest run was eight. I mean, it was like a college football, just Navy option play, draw play, every type of run just down your middle for six, seven, eight yards. Al got pissed.
2: Al was pissed. He's like, Woody Hayes would love this. Yeah. When My- Michaels was calling the game, he clearly was bored. I He gets so bored now. He's like, Woody Hayes
0: would love this style of football. Michaels, okay, a quick aside before the final slice of pie here. First of all, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit's got a lot of things on his plate. He's doing game day. He's yeah. doing the college game of the yeah. week. He's doing Thursday Night Football. Uh, he was whiffing on the pronunciation of, of Shaw
2: He didn't know he wasn't the- playing. He forgot he wasn't playing.
0: There was a play at 1 point yeah where like uh he blamed a sack on Dara Shaw, and then it was actually Oli Udo who was out there and And he mispronounced his name. He did. Yeah, it was and I get it. The guy he's one of the busiest guys in football. But then there was at the end of the first half the Eagles were trying to get 5 more yards or more to get into reasonable like 60 and under field goal range and they had they had one play like 7 seconds left in a timeout. And so they run a draw play with Jalen Hurts up the middle for five or six yards. And before the ball was snapped, Michaels was speculating, okay, you know, you want to get a little closer to field goal range here? And then the ball snapped. He goes, I guess they're just trying to pad their running stats by running up the middle. And then he pauses and goes, well, now I guess they're running the field goal unit out there. Boy, what is this? This is going to be a long field goal. It's like, no, it's not. I mean, it's long, but they're not padding their running stats. And he's a legend, man. I hate to even rip on him, but. Boy, that like the Jaguars playoff call from last year against the Chargers. He was kind 80 of eighty something, I think. He is man. Um, all right, the last slice of pie. Thirty five percent to Kwesi and KOC, specifically for miscalculating what the offensive running game would be. So from a from a front office and schematic standpoint, these guys got in a room last year and said, Okay, we gotta run the ball better. Uh So the first step is Dalvin Cook is cooked. And they were right about that. Brees Hall is going to wind up getting like 80% of the carries in New York. So they were right about that. But they said, what can we do? Let's, okay. Alex Madison, we trust him to be the workload running back. We're going to get Josh Oliver in here as the best blocking tight end in the NFL. And we're going to run, instead of 11 personnel as our heaviest personnel usage, which is three wide receiver sets, we're going to run mostly like two-thirds heavier personnel personnel with an extra tight end or an extra running back or fullback so that we can run the ball effectively. And we believe in our offensive line so much that we're going to bring all 10 guys back from that room last year. So bring them all back, cohesiveness, scheme change in terms of personnel, get rid of Dalvin, hand the torch to Alex Madison, bring in Josh Oliver, and we're going to be running the ball down team's throats just like the 49ers do. The Vikings have run the ball 26 times through two games, and they're averaging 2.6 yards per carry. They have 70 yards rushing on the season. It's absolutely impossible to
2: watch. And, And to your point, too, you know what? The one thing I will give him is the day he was hired as the head coach and chief personnel guy of this team in 2006, Brad Childress came in and said, these lines have to be improved, both of them. Our offensive line and our, with, like, if we're going to be successful, it has to start up front, which is a football cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. And when you look at the neglect right now, because Madison, yes, there's 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 problems there, I get that. But, I mean, the run game is inefficient. It's awful. And the ability to stop the run last night in game two with, with a guy that, by, by the way, I consider to be a pretty good coordinator with ideas and brian flores the inefficiency of these two lines after a season of watching them you didn't just get here is on both of them and it is like it's embarrassing
0: you know i and i in reflecting on this this is supposed to be a pie chart of blame for last night's game excuse me i probably if i could go back here and uh, you know, I can't now because the pie is out of the oven. It is yeah. what it is. And right? The it. Pies are already The Rocks awesome knows how you feel it. about pie. For last night's game specifically, I would probably bump the fumbles much higher up in the, in the percentage of pie. And I would bump the, the run game down further. But in terms of like, I guess I'm thinking predictive value here, too, that I think going forward, the fumbles are going to be less of an issue than the fact that you can't run the football for the second straight year. Like, I mean, the Vikings are still right now this morning. They're second in the NFL in yards per play offensively because they're throwing the ball so well. And Kirk has been doing so well despite a running game and despite interior pressure. It's a credit to Kirk. Uh, but going forward, if you ask, how is this going to play out the next 15 games? If you can't run the ball, it's going to be a train wreck. So I'm probably I'm probably giving them a little bit too much blame for last night's result. But it's a huge miscalculation from personnel down to scheme and everything. And I will say Alex Madison, nice guy, not a starting running back. And I don't know what more evidence I tried to hint at this. I tried to say this on these shows all season, like, wow, they we're kind of, you know, I guess we're fine with running back by committee here, but they're not doing running back by committee. They're giving Alex Madison almost all of the carries. He hasn't averaged more than like 3.8 yards per carry in three years. So I don't like, tie, I, and some of it's probably pass protection, but, my God, Ty Chandler, let's the guy runs a 4 three Let's see what he can do. Well, see if he Hamm's can break a run. Ham's playing, too.
2: Like, ha- yeah. Ham is your pass protection guy, right? So, like, uh, but, yeah, I, I expected it would be a committee. My other question is this, offensively. And, yes, they've been producing some stats. But my other question is, where's the creativity at times, too? Like, I thought we were going to get more. Like, why? Justin Jefferson goes in motion. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. But there's got to be, and we've seen it, Phil, in training camp practices. We've seen them get creative with where he aligns and what he does, right? Why aren't we seeing more of that? Why aren't we seeing um, – it's almost like they've gone to more 12 personnel, but we're still not seeing a creativity that I feel like you see from coaches who are trying to light a fire, get a spark in a certain part of a game. Uh, the Vikings appear w- when they do run the ball to be very happy to to have Alexander try and pound the rock. Well, to your to your point about your st- about those stats, it ain't working. Yeah. So like, where is the KOC creativity? Where is your where's Waldo? Justin Jefferson, you know Tyreek Hill? Uh, go go watch Dolphins film. Mike McDaniel's got that guy all over the place to create confusion. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm confused. I'm confused by that. I'm confused by what seems to be as much a reliance on K.J. Osborne as as they have on Addison, which I don't understand. I mean, Jordan Addison is proving to be a damn good player. And that's not surprising, given what we saw in training camp. And it's still like, okay,
0: crossing route, let's go to K.J. And he drops the
2: ball. Okay, he's done that before.
0: Yeah, let's... I mean, okay, well, that's the pie chart, by the way. The we'll Rock bowl, knows how you feel that. about pie. Um, it was good. Nice pie. Thank you. I, there's probably more to go around. And uh, like I said, I probably did The fumbles are probably... should have been like 60%, but, you know, the pie's already out of the oven. Um, let's get to some silver linings here to end the show uh, The show on a high note. Can I Presented... kick in, Can I kick in with, with, with
2: one more thing, though? <laughs> Do whatever you want, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, so here's my last point off the previous conversation Philip. i think you sat by me when we covered this game back in 2006 i think the vikings were like four and two and the patriots came to town on halloween night at the dome and the vikings were playing well at the time but if you recall that's the game where belichick and his staff had brady just pass the ball all night long Yep. they're like we can't run against this team at the time it's the williams wall we're just gonna pass 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 and that got put on film And the next week, I think they went and played the Dolphins, and they got done there. Same exact thing. That's my fear about last night.
0: Yeah, it is true. Because what, let's say, uh, you know, next week the the Chargers decide, oh, we're going to run the ball 40 times. And we're going to, now the Eagles have some great pieces along their offensive line. I mean, although Lane, Lane Johnson looks like he might be a little little washed he allowed six pressures last week he had a couple penalties yesterday but they still have jason kelsey but if a team says you know what yeah we don't think you can stop our run game how confident would you feel vikings fans that they can somehow because it's less about scheme i think and more about bodies and and you know i well
2: and uh, think about this And think about this. So let's say you double down. Like, let's say they spend the next 10 days coming up with a plan. We, you know, Austin Eckler is not going to do us. We're going to get him. Okay. Guess what? The Chargers? Justin Herbert is going to pick you apart in the pass game. I think that game last night put on film something that I don't know how, I don't, even Brian Flores, who I like a lot, I don't know if you can recover from that with your current personnel.
0: Maybe. 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 Anyway, again, sorry, but I just stop fumbling the football, and maybe these yeah. games will be close either way. That just came
2: to mind. Sorry. No, you're going to have to apologize. the show. It's all good.
0: Uh, before we get to silver linings here, let's shout out a couple of friends. Starting with our favorite van, that Finch Home Solutions van here to help you with electrical issues in your house.
2: <laughs> this van's going to show up at at your house electrical. Issues, If you have them, they're going to be a thing of the past because Cody and his team at Finch Home Solutions are going to make sure that your problems are solved. Cody's a big Vikings fan, so my guess is today he's a bit sour about that, that game, but I know what makes him happy is solving electrical issues. In your home, anything from installing an outlet to rewiring your entire home. And have I got, and Cody actually has an offer for you, and that is the Finch Home Solutions Friends and Family Plan, which includes one free electrical inspection a year, no dispatch fee, priority dispatching. So you are going to be at the top of the list, and a 10% discount on all work performed in your home for $9.95 a month. Exactly right. Peace of mind. Peace of mind is incredibly. Valuable, but Finch is going to give it to you for nine ninety five a month. Check them out, finchhomesolutions.com, or call them, 612-357-2604, 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com.
0: You know, there's uh, some banged-up players from last night, and uh, Summit Orthopedics is here to help them, or whoever has pain, back pain, spine, wrist, knee, shoulders, whatever it is. No referrals are needed, and Summit Orthopedics offers same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer orthopedic urgent uh, urgent care seven days a week, starting at 8 a.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at SummitOrtho.com. SummitOrtho.com. Okay, boys, I know this is going to be hard after. So I want you to start. We'll start with Declan here. Silver lining. When the Vikings win, we give you a nitpick to keep it balanced on the show. When they lose, we give you a silver lining. So,
1: Declan? Uh, I mean, I'll I'll be the first guy to say it. Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison looks like a badass man. Uh, Stretched the field and was still able to score another big touchdown. Um, He has been as advertised. I would actually say you're not using him enough even uh, through the first two games. He... Is not your Laquan Treadwell. He's not your Troy Williamson. He's Ivan Cordero Patterson. Um, he is a legit wide receiver. He needs more targets. And this is uh, wish, not wishful thinking, but good problems to have when you have guys like JJ and TJ Hawkinson. And at this point, if KJ Osborne uh, is going to continue to drop footballs, I want all those targets going to Jordan Addison. So Jordan Addison, I think, is obviously the, probably the brightest takeaway through these first two games, even though you're 0 2.
2: I will stay on the same path with a different player. TJ Hawkinson, who was, in my opinion, used correctly last night. Now, now to be clear, in week one, um, he had eight catches for 35 yards, including his last two, which went for minus seven yards. He averaged 4.4 4 yards per catch. That's the statistic of a big glout tight end who blocks and catches some balls, right? Yeah. That's a bi- That that's the big guy who catches the ball and falls down, and you're like, "Yeah, way to go, Hoss." Now, last night, TJ went for seven catches, sixty-six yards, two touchdowns. That is a nine-point-four average per catch. That is what I expect. He is a hybrid. He is not. He is not a guy who should be getting the ball behind at the line of scrimmage. And hey, TJ, just get a couple yards. Meat and potatoes guy, TJ Hawkinson is a guy who is a receiver slash tight end, can go down the field, can make catches, can make catches in traffic. Far superior to K.J. Osborne there because he's bigger. He can box out a bit too. So my my silver
0: lining comes from
2: the same side of the ball as Declan. Different guy catching the pass is T.J.
0: Hawkinson. You know, I'm going to go to the other side of the football. Ivan Pace is really, really good. Yeah. And I, I cannot believe that he went undrafted after watching him, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout training camp, the preseason, and now the first two regular season games. So last night he had the, well, I will spoil this because we will do Judd guesses, the PFF grades at some point. I'll spoil this one. He had the second highest PFF grade of any Vikings defensive player. He had three pressures and a sack as a pass rusher. He had seven tackles and three stop tackles where you, where you stop uh, a run before it is considered a successful run. Uh, So you could be a a stop on third down or a short gain on second down or first down. And uh, of all the linebackers graded so far through one week, and then he's played two games. These are uh, middle linebackers, by the way, 70 of them have played a snap in the NFL so far this season, or have played at least, I should say 20% of their team snaps. Ivan Pace is the 10th highest graded linebacker in the NFL Small sample, two games, but uh, wow, he's fast. He's a little undersized, and there's a couple times here and there where he gets swallowed up, but by and large, he is an undrafted gem, and he's better than Brian Asamoah, so he's going to continue to play. He is, so
2: I guess my question is this, because I do agree, I love his speed. He's constantly going. Yes, he's going to he's gonna make mistakes because he's young and and he definitely is an undersized player. Here's my question next to him though. How long can you ride an aging Jordan Hicks like this? Cause I feel yeah. like Hicks has a- to a- be about the guy fifteen more games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Well,
2: no, but I'm saying, can you do it? Can he stay now now Hicks did get bit banged up last night, but Hicks is playing extensive snaps and like he's being asked to do a lot. I'm I'm just curious uh again and he did Hicks took a pay cut to come back, but I'm just curious again about like how long is is that portion of this going to last? Cause I'm just trying to think about like you can't ask pace. Hey dude, grow grow a little bit, add thirty pounds and stop the run. So I'm trying to think about like how you're gonna do that. And Jordan Hicks should be a solution but i feel like his snap count is so high and i mean that guy's chasing guys left and right and he's what 30 something
0: yeah it's so he did play 72 snaps so the vikings played 77 defensive snaps and jordan hicks played 72 of them yeah he's never so he, out. he is still in every down linebacker uh Asimov played 14 snaps last night so i'll give you the linebacker snaps here okay uh hicks 72 pace 61 awesomeo 14 no troy die and I want to say
2: that, that uh, for the first time, because I, I don't think they did this in Tampa, uh, we did see some three linebacker sets with Hicks, Asamoah, and Pace in together. Mm-hmm. I think Asamoah or Pace, I think when Asamoah played two snaps against uh, the Buccaneers, I think Pace was off the field, and I did play yeah. in that game. But again, I think that was in
0: place of Asamoah. Yeah. So. Well, 0-2, oh there's your day after. Hottest Vikings takes your pie chart of blame a little bit of therapy going into the weekend. We will have feedback Friday on a Saturday for you tomorrow. We will have a purple access episode for you on Sunday. So the content train does not stop moving, but uh, yeah, I guess we were the first ones to throw out the trade. Everyone take a hot take. This is a safe space for hot takes. Just like Thursdays are a safe space for reckless speculation. going
2: to get you something.
0: Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, any final thoughts from you guys here before we say goodbye on this Friday live stream? I have very mixed feelings about this team
2: right now. I have very mixed feelings because, on one hand, it feels like they're terrible, but it's because of the stupid mistakes, and they're not terrible. Um, I have no idea what direction this is going, though. I feel like some fans are, are like, season's done, it's done. In you know. a 16 game season in 2008, I covered a team that started 0 2 and they made the playoffs. So like this whole thing of as negative as you want to be, the reality is they're not done yet. Um and I also don't necessarily if they do continue to slide, I don't have I don't have faith that they're going to start to trade pieces. I know it's fun to talk about and they probably should, but the Wolves have never been inclined, aside from 2020 with the uh, Ngakwe trade, in October of 2020. I'm trying to think of the last time the Vikings offloaded a player on purpose to try to improve themselves for the
0: future, and I can't. Yeah. It's... They released Moss, but that was because they were pissed at Randy. It is sort of uncharted territory. Yeah. it's They've either not been bad enough to do it, or when they're bad, they don't have like the obvious player, like a Daniel Hunter in an expiring contract year right what if
2: you had but at the deadline in 2020 because that team was going nowhere at the time and Ngakwe did get traded I think going into the bye week what if you had done Phil what you talk about which is you had looked at Kendricks and Harrison Smith at that time Mm -hmm. because you could have got something for those guys then
0: it would have been a totally because then they probably would have gone forward with a different quarterback and we who knows what the franchise maybe they would have whiffed who knows we don't know what But, yeah, they they haven't done it when they've been given chances in previous years. So, all right, Daily Vikings Entertainment here. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday live stream, Hottest Vikings Takes. Please click the subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel, and we'll see you guys for a feedback Friday on a Saturday tomorrow. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.